0: a
1: right, little after two, Joe Girardi later on, uh, we'll get back to all the calls and everything else, but first we'll check in with Ira now on the NBA Finals as we get ready for game one, finally, uh, on this June 1st, we get ready for the highly anticipated Finals. Ira, welcome, how are you?
0: I'm doing good Mike and and they better live up to it after these playoffs. It'd be, be hard to.
1: It'd be actually hard to. It's going to it's going to have to be an epic 7th game series yeah. to live up to this, you know.
0: Well, you know, and I was even thinking about that today. I would almost bet you if we could actually put someone like Adam Silver on a lie detector and ask him, "You do want whoever loses tonight to win on Sunday, right?" I mean, Mike, that's the whole season for the NBA. Whoever wins tonight and I think it'll be the Warriors, but I think when you look back on it, if 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 it, if the same team wins on sunday to go up 2-0 i think the nba has an issue because not only do they need competitive but they need extended after the first two months of the preseason have provided almost nothing memorable from a team standpoint.
1: Absolutely, and and, and listen, I, we all know we've watched the NBA Finals enough to know that teams can come back and turn series around from two zip, but you don't want to try that against Golden State. You really don't. I mean, yeah, yeah. you want to see Cleveland get a split, and Cleveland has to, re- well, let's first get to this stuff with LeBron, which uh, became an incident yesterday with what sure. went on with it. I didn't even know, I mean, maybe you did, that even had a House in L.A. right or yeah. in Brentwood?
0: Oh, they, they most players do. I know him, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh did. That's where they spend their off seasons, Mike. That's why there's always been that speculation of joining Chris Paul with the Clippers or possibly something with the Lakers because LeBron has summered there for years now. And obviously, not maybe we didn't know, but clearly someone with insight did know and led to that ugly incident.
1: Yeah, very. And 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 one way he you know basically made a pretty strong statement too.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing about LeBron. You know, when it comes to social issues, he knew what was coming. He was prepared for it. It was deeply personal. So I could totally understand it. He brought great reference points about how this is something we should step forward again. You know, I know you and I have spoken about how, you know, your thoughts that let's leave politics out no, of sports. This is different, politics. though. No, this is but different. Yes, yeah. That's what I'm saying. But in this case, I never have an issue no. with socially relevant issues, players taking a stand on doing the right thing. And I think that's what LeBron did. There was no politicalness to it. There was a simple humanitarian statement to it. I think it was very real. It was genuine. And as unfortunate as the incident was, at least there was the timing for LeBron to put it above basketball for a moment. And I think he did that quite eloquently.
1: And, you know, he, you know, he painted the picture of his wife having to explain to his kids. I mean, so, you know, he he, he did, you know, his wife taking having the hard task of explaining, you know, what, what this incident meant to his, to his children. So, I mean, from that standpoint. So everybody could feel for that. No question about it. All right, let's put it on the court here. Sure. Um, a lot of pressure. Yeah. I always look in championships. Where's the pressure? Clearly the pressure in this series is on the shoulders, not of the Golden State guys who last year lost their minds like green or taunted LeBron, like, oh. like Curry or, or, sure. or Thompson did forget that. It's really on Duran who made the action, who basically, put his chips there and said i don't care what anybody thinks i'm going to win a championship
0: yeah and you know what it it's ob- obviously you come to a team that defeated you in the playoffs the year before. You make a great team even better. Yes, it's on him, but, but it's not on him from this standpoint. He also came to be part of something and not the definitive man, so he has that in play also. I think that's going to be the hardest thing for Kevin Durant, is deciding when to step forward and be the man and when to play the team concept that he really signed up for. To be honest with you, Mike, having watched the Warriors, yes, they're undefeated in the playoffs. I have yet to see the dominant Kevin Durant because he hasn't had to be but I'm really curious about the matchups and that will dictate all last year in the finals LeBron stepped up and said I want Steph Curry well it's easier to say I want Steph Curry when Harrison Barnes is bricking everything from the corner and missing all those three-pointers what happens this year if Durant plays well enough and I think the Warriors should feature him early enough that LeBron can't step off of he it. He has to. I think so, LeBron
1: is going to be stuck on Durant. I do. I agree with you. I think he's going to be the thing, stuck there. Yeah.
0: Unless Durant isn't scoring. Unless right. Mike Brown minimizes Kevin Durant, which is why I think that the game plan for the Warriors has to be to come out, to put, put the ball in Durant's hand, because, Mike, it works two ways. That also tires LeBron on the defensive end. Last year, he didn't have to guard Harrison Barnes. You knew he was going to hit the side of the rim. The three-point percentage was going to go down. LeBron could be a one-way player until the fourth quarter when he picked up Steph Curry, Kevin Durant has to make it the kind of series where he works LeBron on LeBron's defensive end, and I think if that happens, if you tire and wear down LeBron, to me that's the entire key of this series, because God bless Kyrie Irving, his three-pointer last year in Game 7, what he showed with his 42-point game in these playoffs... You know what? If I'm the Warriors, I'll take my chances with Kyrie Irving being the man.
1: You know, interestingly, uh, I was talking with Ira about the NBA Finals. In the game one against San Antonio where they made the big comeback, that was the highest scoring game that Durant and Curry had combined in, uh, in the year, 74 points. And you saw a lot of Durant in that game and a lot of Curry in that game and not a lot of Thompson in that game. And you wonder if that's what you're going to see here is a, is a very steady dose of Durant and Curry in Tom, term, in terms of the offense. So, uh, it, that, that'll be very interesting from, uh, number one. I'll also be fascinated to see how different it is with Kerr not there, there's going to come a point where the Green loses his mind, whether they're in foul trouble, whether something doesn't go right, where... You know, there's going to be a little pressure on the bench without their coach.
0: Yeah, I mean, right now the Warriors have been mostly on autopilot, and it still is a player-driven team. But Mike, I'm going to go with it a little different way with you. I'm also curious about this strategy and who and how they take care of the defensive matchups. In other words, in the starting lineup, yep. could you conceivably put Draymond Green on LeBron from the outset and wind up cross-matching it to a degree, and then making it far easier when you can move Kevin Durant off? Him, I think you so will divisively. do that. I, 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 I would, agree with why that. Why wouldn't you play Durant on Kevin Love? Why is Kevin Love that's done this entire pre, entire postseason but shoot three pointers? Think how much pressure that would take off Kevin Durant. So that's another. I, one I would kind do of that.
1: Thing. I agree with that. And the other thing is also Ira, how how much do they go small? Because you know how much they like to have Iguodala in the game because it allows them with Green and Iguodala to switch everything.
0: Exactly. So you have all kinds of cross matches. The other one, Mike, I'd want to point out is this. Why not play Clay Thompson, who's a better defender, more often on Kyrie Irving? I agree with Let's that. Face it. God bless J.R. Smith. He didn't play in the regular season. He missed all the time. But if I could put Steph Curry on J.R. Smith, you could do that also. I, but again, this is what I don't know and we don't know. Will such a decision for cross matches come from Mike Brown? Or will it be predetermined? Steve Kerr has already said he is meeting with the team during shoot-arounds. He's meeting with the team pregame. We saw that on ABC during the playoffs. So will this be a case of Steve Kerr saying, this is my approach? start Draymond on LeBron, start Clay on Kyrie and go from there, or is it something where Steve Kerr doesn't sit on the bench and he already said he does not send in messages during the game that Mike Brown's going to have to decide, boom, when am I going to switch, like a college coach switching his defenses, when is he going to do that? And you're on the point about playing big and who's going to match up to who. You're absolutely right. The Warriors go small. Do the Cavaliers leave interest in Thompson for his unbelievable offensive rebounding? And on the other hand, when the Cavs go small and Kevin Love is his center, even though Javon McGee has had so many moments in these playoffs, Will there be any moments for him? Or is it going to be a case when Tristan Thompson goes out and the Cavaliers go smaller if they don't bring in Channing Frye, or even if they do, and put him on the perimeter? Is there a Javal McGee moment? That's what I'm curious about. I'm curious if Mike Brown is absolutely in the moment, like most coaches, see to your pants, going to make those decisions. Or has Steve Kerr, like you almost see like, these football coaches with these, foot, these play cards, has Steve Kerr already told him, OK, when Tristan Thompson comes out, we're not putting in Javal McGee we're going to go small also. That's the thing. That's why these victories go on Steve Kerr's record. He's listed as a coach of record. It's really curious, Mike. I I can't recall this in any other sport. Who is coaching this team in the championship series?
1: Very interesting from that standpoint. We're talking with Ira about the NBA Finals. I, I agree. And then the other thing is going to be that Cleveland bench, and someone asked me before, what guy on that bench has to respond? And to me, it's Corver. If Corver can make himself a factor in this series. We know what kind of lethal three-shooter he can be. If he becomes a factor that Golden State has to deal with in this series, that's a big plus for Cleveland.
0: But who does he defend, and that's the other part of the equation. So let's say the Warriors go small. I would assume if I'm trying to hide Kyle Carver, and they have Draymond Green out there, and they have Curry, and they have Durant, and they have Klay Thompson, and I guess Iguodala, I would try to hide him on Iguodala. But you know what? We saw two years ago, when you let Andre Iguodala become a, a scorer with a favorable matchup two years ago, of course, when Love. Yeah, and he Kyrie played great. Hurt, he, he was great. He was MVP level, yep. obviously, in that series. Yep. So so that's the thing is, Cleveland has some pieces I think they have to hide. I think they might, even though it's gotten better, hide J.R. Smith's defense. I think they have to hide the, the defense of, of Channing Fry, which is why I wonder how much he's going to play, but especially Corver. That's why I mentioned to you this Mike Brown, Steve Kerr thing. There are going to be moments of truth when Steve Kerr is going to be in the back room and he's not going to be able to shuttle in quick enough his ideas, and Mike Brown's going to have to coach by the seat of his pants, and I'm curious about that. But I've been thinking a bunch about Kyle Korver. Who does he defend? That's what it'll come down to also. Or
1: uh, how about the idea of keeping Green under control? Uh, Can With Kerr not there, and even if Kerr is there, can you keep this guy under control? This guy gets upset. This guy goes off the handle on stuff when he's having everything go his way in the games. I mean, this guy can lose it at a second's notice. His his explosiveness, his erratic play, I think, is a big factor for Golden State.
0: And, and that's the thing. I mean, let's look back at last year's playoffs. Who lost that series for the Warriors? It was Draymond Green. It was him getting himself obviously ejected and then, and then moving forward. I will say this. The referees in game one, I think, set up well, which is crazy we'd be having this conversation. The referees tonight are Danny Crawford, Derek Stafford, and Zach Zarba. I, I, I don't mean this to condescend on other officials, but the th- three are very level-headed. These are not the guys who are going to kick you out of a game. We're going to get the, to the Scott Fosters and, and to the Ed Malloys and guys who might not tolerate as much. There's no more Joey Crawford type in this mix anymore. I think that comes into play, but you know what? Mike, I, I would call BS on Draymond Green trying to cast himself as a great player if he can't control his emotions, if he, get, if he takes it to that point. It's not a matter of, oh, I'll get myself kicked out and LeBron kicked out. No, we want to see this whole series. And I've got to tell you, Mike, again, we always talk about how much influence does the NBA have. And people go, oh, Silver will tell the officials to make sure it goes seven games. I don't think he'll tell them that. But they need to let these guys play. They need, even what happened last year with the the groin shot, whatever you want to call it, we need to see all these players. Two years ago, no Kyrie in love. What did we really draw out of it? Last year, clearly the Draymond suspension absolutely changed the entire series. I want to see two full teams for seven full games.
1: I agree. All right, what's your thoughts on this series? Does Cleveland, in your mind, have any chance to win the series?
0: Yes, because they have LeBron James. And the one thing I have learned covering him in person for four years and then following him these last three I never doubt LeBron James when he gets set up like a locomotive to go. He's had, Lord knows all the rest you need coming into this one. He's going to have two full days off before they get to game two on Sunday. I still think he is the singular guy. People have always stated for years what Michael Jordan had. Yes, Michael Jordan had Scottie Pippen and then always had a power forward in Rodman or Horace Grant, but he also had to carry a bunch of guys. So I think there's no more heavy lifting for LeBron alongside Love and Kyrie. So yeah, the one thing I've learned from LeBron, don't doubt him at all, because even with, with Draymond Green and with Andre Iguodala and their 12 fouls, LeBron James is still better than those two going full steam at him. So yeah, to me, LeBron is the puncher's chance for the Cavaliers, and if he can establish dominance early, look out.
1: Um, what's, the, what's the buzz around anything else? Is there any other side issues? Anything else going on around the league right now? I mean,
0: not as much in that series, but when you're looking at the draft right now, Lonzo Ball is going to have his meeting a week from now with the Lakers, Mike. There's a lot of buzz between people I'm talking talking to because they have picks right after the Lakers. They're not so sold on the Lonzo Ball pick, and it has nothing to do with Levar Ball. It has more to do, to, honestly, with you to guys like Josh Jackson and more than anything, De'Aaron Fox. And I'm not saying he's a second coming De'Aaron Fox of Allen Iverson. I love him, but but this league is about quickness, I agree. I love point em. guards, who can play at pace, who can space the floor by drawing in and sucking in the double team and going, keep an eye on De'Aaron Fox. Just like a few years ago when the whole draft sort of changes the top and Jaleel Okafor wasn't the number one pick, I believe we're going to hear more coming out of L.A. after Magic Johnson and, and, and Luke Walton and the staff meet with, with Lonzo. And it won't just be because of Lonzo and sneaker contracts or all this BS, it might be because of pace of the game, and I think Aaron Fox has a very good chance to go in the top three and maybe even the top two.
1: Has Ball done anything that would hurt him though? As, I mean is, is there anything that has ticked the Lakers off or anything?
0: No, I, I, I just think as much you know he has that very awkward shooting style, everyone compares him to Kevin Martin, who actually was a very good shooter, but can he get that three-point shot off quick enough? There's concern about that, but i got to tell you, Mike, this isn't about who Lonzo Ball isn't. That's not part of the equation. This is more of who De'Aaron Fox is, and i got, I got to even backtrack a little. The number one pick, and this was, I believe, the Boston Herald reported this, Danny Ainge is open, has already received a bunch of inquiries about what he could wind up getting. So look, keep an eye on this, Mike. See how many guys inside the top 10 or 15 also were brought in by the Celtics. That's your early tip that Boston might just trade this pick, and you know what? If they're going to trade, it's going to be for a win now veteran and probably a pick somewhere in the top 15 also. So I think the real tell of the draft will be who winds up working out for the Celtics. And if you see some of these guys who are more number 8, number 9, number 10 picks, that tells me Danny Ainge very much would put that number 1 pick into play.
1: Thanks, I will chat next week. Thank you. See you next week. Thank uh, tell me what happened here in the med game now. Uh, I saw, so I saw a kid with the stool. Interfere with Flores on the pop up with the bases loaded. Now did they? Did Terry came out and wanted an out call? Is that what yeah, he wanted? He
0: wanted ball boy interference. They didn't call him. He
1: wanted, and they didn't call ball boy. That, that was ball boy interference. I'm sorry, you know. Listen, uh, it's not Milwaukee's fault, but that was interference. The ball boy picked up the stool and kept Wilma Flores from catching a pop up. Here, I mean, he's ball- in uniform. I, I mean, I- he and he's in uniform. I mean, you know that, that that makes a difference. If that's a Met kid. I understand them saying we can't do anything about it, but that kid's in a Milwaukee uniform sitting on a stool, and he basically kept Flores in the dugout. They'll be high-fiving him after the game. I mean, for that, if this kid rakes a double here on the next pitch because it's 2-0 Milwaukee, he got him popped up with the bases loaded, one out. Collins got thrown out. Did he get thrown out?
0: Yeah, he got kicked out. He
1: got kicked out. He's right. I think he's absolutely right. The kid's in a uniform, and he kept Flores from catching the pop-up. I, I would have called interference there. I, I, I really thought that he didn't. He clearly interfered. There's not any question he interfered. And he's in a Brewer uniform. I mean, to me, that's a, that's an automatic. I mean, if the kids have met Ball Boy, you say, wait a second, the guy's wearing a met Ball Boy uniform. I, I Then I don't call it. There, I got to call it. The kid's definitely, you know, he's, he's a Brewer. I mean, to me, I got, I got a call out there. I think Collins is dead on, and let's see how, what happens here before I take a break and see if we'll. This is a huge pitch in the game. He's got a one-two count. Let's see if he gets out of it. Uh, another foul. Who's up? I don't even know who's up. All right, so so God's up. All right, with one out and the bases loaded, it's two nothing Milwaukee. This is an enormous pitch in the game. In a game the Mets really need to win, uh, and right now already down two zip. In the game, the Mets have had their chances. They've had guys on base. They had Duda thrown out of the plate. So this is a, uh, a big moment in the game for Wheeler, who's already on a 72nd pitch here in the fourth inning. So the Mets are going to be deep into that ugly bullpen very early in the game here today anyway, which is not going to be a, a very big positive for them as it is. Uh, so you got a two ball at one on the first double play. They get out of the inning. So how about that? All right. You know what? Truth won out. Should have been an interference. He got himself a double play ball. Bing, bing. That's the fair part. And Terry got the rest of the day off. Back after this.